God has a set of instructions. Because I feel in my spirit, I don't know who it is in the room, but God want to give you these instructions. I feel a wailing in my belly. God said, deliverance have come for you today. And the only thing you got to do is let go. God said, let go. There's a wailing where the deep calleth unto the deep. There's somebody in here that got a wailing right up in your belly. It's a crying out. And if you let go right now, deliverance has come. That's the only instructions that God has. There's a wailing. There's a crying down deep on the inside. God said, just let it go. That's all he's saying. Just let it go. There's a wailing right now. I feel it in my belly. God said, just let it go. Just let it go. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait on him. God said, I already done done it. Come on, God said, just cry out to me right now. Just let it go right now. Hallelujah. I'm the vine and you are the branch. Without me, you can do nothing. Come on, just let it go. Let it go. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, don't suppress me. God said, don't suppress me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God said, I heard you the first time you cried. I heard you. And God said, I come to answer you on today. Come on, just let it go. Let it go on today. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We bless you, God. We acknowledge your presence in this place, Lord. God, I thank you for moving by your spirit on today, God. Doing what you need to do, God, even in the midst of your people. God, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is saying you don't have to fix it. I have already fixed it. God said it's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Come on, it's your time to let go and let God. Come on, let go and let God. Hallelujah. Only thing he wants you to do is let go. Hallelujah, God, we give you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you in this house, God. We acknowledge, God, that you're here in this house. Hallelujah, God, it's not about us. God, it's about everything that you have already done. So we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. I can sense I can sense 
Let him do the work. Let him do the work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get to a place in our lives that we can't do nothing but trust God. See, some of us are still trying to trust in ourselves. You couldn't even save yourself. This is why God had to come down from heaven. He had to come off his throne just to save us and deliver us. We have to get over us. Because we think that we can fix stuff. We don't need to fix anything. God's already fixed it. God said the only thing we got to do is accept what he's fixed. And once we accept what he's fixed, we just go our way and give him glory. Because we know that God's already done exactly what he said. Come on, y'all. We got to honor him. We got to honor what he's already done. And that's when we can lift up our hands in thanksgiving. Because we know that it's already done. We're not looking for it to get done. But we know it's already done. So we can live our life on what he said. Not on how we feel. If you're living off of how you feel, you don't believe him. You got to let go of you and say, God, you have already fulfilled every promise in my life. That need to be fulfilled. So I'm just going to thank you. Because, God, I know that you've done exactly what you said. And when we know that every day, we can give him some praise. We can give him some glory. We can honor him with the fruit of our lips. We can honor him knowing that he's the same today and yesterday and forever. And God don't change his mind. So it don't matter what you've done. When you've done it or how you've done it, God don't change. He remains the same. So if we keep focus on him, he said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Who mine stays on me because you trust in me. See, when your mind stay on him, you know you entrust him. You know everything is all right. Even in the midst of the storm, your mind is fixed because you know that is done. Hallelujah. God, we thank you in this place. We glorify you in this place. God, we honor you in this place. We just thank you, Father. God, you say in all things, give you thanks. For this is your will concerning us. God, we thank you, God, that we are the healed of the Lord. We thank you, God, that we are prosperous. God, we thank you, God that we have peace, that we have love, that we have joy. We thank you, God, that we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. 
We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for our sanctification. We thank you for our justification. We thank you for our reconciliation. We thank you for our redemption, God. God, we just say thank you, God. Because, God, if it wasn't for you, God, we wouldn't be in the midst today. So, God, we thank you. We thank you, God. We praise you in this place, God. Hallelujah, God. You say let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. God, we honor you. We honor you. We glorify you today. We magnify your name, God, because there is no other God like you. And so today, God, you will get glory. You will get honor. You will get praise, God. I humbly submit myself to you, God, and Holy Spirit. I thank you for walking alongside of me. I thank you for bringing the word of God back to my remembrance on today. I need your help, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, you shall get the glory. You shall get the honor. And you shall get all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord has a word for the body of Christ on today. And I ask that you open up your hearts and you pay attention to what the Lord is saying unto you. Amen. Turn with me to Colossians, the first chapter. And let's hear what the spirit has to say unto the church. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 13. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 13. And the word of the Lord reads, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm going to read it again. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I want to tell you today that my address have changed. My address have changed. And I pray that through this message that you will understand that you will come to know that your address have changed. When your address have changed, you don't live at that location no more. That means that you don't get mail at that location no more. That mail is returned and it says wrong address, return to sender. So you have to know today that your address have changed. The Bible says that he delivered us. Now, I'm going to stop right there. You didn't deliver yourself. Deliver means to rescue. That's just like somebody that's out on the ocean, and they're waiting on somebody to rescue them because they know they have no way of rescuing themselves. So they have to humbly submit unto the one that's coming to rescue them. And when you're in a dangerous situation and you need to be rescued, you don't care who's sent, long as you're rescued. Is that not right? You ain't looking at their resume. You ain't looking at how they live. You ain't looking at what they do or how they do it. You just want to be rescued from the place that you're in. The Bible tells me that he delivered us. 
It was God who delivered us. What did he deliver us from? What did he rescue us from? The power of darkness. Now, I'm going to stay there for a little bit because I don't believe people recognize now that you're in Christ what you've been delivered from. Because when you know that you know that you know what you've been delivered from, you don't accept mail from that address. Let me say it again. When you know what you've been delivered from, what you've been rescued from, and the Bible said we've been delivered from the power of darkness. That means that darkness, Satan, the kingdom of darkness had rule over us, had control over us. But one day, God came and he rescued us from the power, the authority, the control of the kingdom of darkness. So if he rescued us from that, that means that my address have changed. That means that I'm no longer in that kingdom. I'm no longer a part of that kingdom. So I don't do what that kingdom does. Let me say it again. Because see, we got some Christians that's trying to say that they're Christians, saying that they're part of the kingdom of God, but they're still receiving mail from the kingdom of darkness when it should be a return on the mail. So something is wrong with that. The Bible tells me I cannot serve two masters. Because whatever I've been delivered from, it don't come to my house. I send it back to the sender because that's no longer who I am. Some of us are still trying to receive mail from where we used to be. Christians. Now I'm not talking to the sinner. I'm talking to the Christians. The ones that show up in church, the ones that show up in Bible study, but you still receiving mail from the kingdom of darkness and you're keeping it. You don't want to let, oh my goodness, I'm ready to come out of my shoes because you don't want to let go of it because you think you're going to be missing something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me break it down a little bit more. Now my son moved out of the house. When he moved out of the house, he's supposed to have a change of address. That means he don't supposed to get mail at my house. He's supposed to get mail at where he's at, right? So when the mail come to my house, as a mother, I hold it up and say, hmm, wonder what this got to say. I hold it up, y'all, and say, this might be important, and that boy might not read it. So it's under my household, so I need to open it up and see what it got to say. But it got his name on it. Now understand that he changed locations. (laughs) He moved so that mail should have went to his location. But now when it comes to my location, I want to see what it's about. I'm going somewhere. See, now that you're born again, Now that you've been translated, let me tell you something about being translated. That word translated means to remove from one location to another. So once I move to another location, I ain't all up in this location. That ain't no more my home. That ain't no more where I dwell. That is no more where I remain. So I'm over here in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. So I don't be drifting over here in the kingdom of darkness to see what's going on over there. Because I have a new life in Christ. So if I know about my new life, what do I want with the old? So me being a mother, 
used to open his mail. Didn't tell him what I read. But then the Holy Spirit got on me and said, that's not your mail. That's his mail. You asked him, can you open that mail to tell him what it's saying? If it's that important, he'll let you open the mail. So I get permission from my son. But then one day he told me, he said, Mama, how you still getting my mail? I took care of that. My mail shouldn't be coming to your house. I said, but it is. Y'all know what we do? We try to be nosy. We try to get in everybody else's business. But the Bible lets us know that my son have to choose that new address which is the kingdom, and he got to leave the old address alone, right? I can't force him. The only thing I can tell him about is the newness of Christ and what he have in Christ. So God is telling you this. If God has rescued you, I got to stay here out of darkness. Darkness represents Satan's kingdom. It represents his way of doing, his way of living. Let me tell you about the kingdom of darkness. Go with me to Ephesians 2, verse 2. Do you know why you go through the Bible to see what it says? Do y'all understand that? Do you know why you have a Bible? So you can read it. So you can know about where you've been translated to. Okay? So in Ephesians 2, 2, listen at this. Where in times past? Somebody say times past. Say times past. Times past. It said you walked according to the course of this world. In times past, this is how you lived, according to the course of this world. That means the age of this world, the way the world is doing things. So in times past, this is how you lived. But we're acting like this is how we should live now. We lived according to the course of this world. And then it goes on to say, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now listen how the course of this world live. Among whom also we have had our conversation, lifestyle, in times past. Say times past. Say times past. Say times past. Do y'all know when time has passed, we don't go back to the past? When something is past, you can't go back and fix it. Did anybody know that? When something has happened, you can't go back and fix it. But guess what? God give you a way to get through it and to get past it, doesn't he? So he said in times past, oh, that's a word. In the lust of our flesh, y'all hear me? Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This is who we were in times past. In the lust of our flesh and in our minds. We was fulfilling all what the enemy wanted us to fulfill. Let's read it again. In time, I'm reading it again to let you know that you don't just take a verse of scripture and just read it. You take that verse of scripture and you dissect it and you meditate on it and then it becomes real unto you. It becomes known. Give you another example. Remember last week I said revelation, transformation, demonstration. When you get revelation, something that you did not know become known. When you get transformation, you get transformation from what you know. Then there is demonstration. Revelation equal what? Spirit. Transformation equal soul. Demonstration equal the 
body. The body is only going to demonstrate from transformation and transformation is coming from revelation. So that's why you can't just open the word of God and just read it. You have to say, Holy Spirit, what is God saying unto me? God is speaking to you. And this is what he's speaking. He said, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. This is how you used to live according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation, everybody in this room, our lifestyle in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. I'm going to ask you a question. For some reason, this is where we used to be. That used to be our address, amen? But why, when we look at people that are not where we are, we leave them there? If I was in a bad place, and I knew how bad that place was because I got revelation, it was made known to me because I was in that place, I experienced that place. If I was in that place and I see somebody that's in that place, wouldn't I want to translate them? Wouldn't I want to give them? Oh, mm, I just feel it. Wouldn't I want to give them what I have, what I'm experiencing now? Oh, I'm going somewhere with this message. Because for some reason, people that say they know the Lord, you're leaving people in that place. So if you know him, you wouldn't want nobody in a place that you used to be in. You would want their address to change because yours changed. And you know that you're in a good place. So that's the place that you used to be in. That's the God that you used to serve. Satan is the God of this world. What does Satan want to do? This is what Satan want to do. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says that he blinds. The minds of the unbelievers. What the blind mean? He darkened their mind. He don't want, why did he darken their mind? He said, the God of this world blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they will not be able to believe this glorious gospel. So Satan's job is to keep them blinded. But it's our job because I experienced the light. Because I got translated into another kingdom because I got to know the God of the kingdom that I'm in. I just can't leave Teresa anybody like that. But the problem with us today in the world, we're still doing what the world does. So we don't see nothing wrong with what we're doing. The Bible says, I'm going to say it again. He has delivered you. He has rescued you from the power of darkness. That means Satan don't have no dominion. He don't have no control over the ones that's been translated. So quit giving him that control. He don't have dominion. He don't have right over you. Because guess what? God's kingdom is higher than his. Y'all don't know. Satan got through out of the kingdom of God. So God is above him and you living like you below the enemy. You know why we do it? Because we don't know who we are. 
So it's our job as the ones that say, you know what we do, I'm born again. I'm saved. You can't tell me I'm saved. You don't have to prove your salvation. If you save, live it. Your life's supposed to show it. You don't supposed to, when your family come up to you and say, I thought you were saved, and you bow up like a broken scripture. Because it's something that they saw or it's something that the power of darkness is using against you to take you out of the kingdom. To take you out of the place that you're in with God to prove the people they ain't where they're supposed to be. So if we have been translated into another kingdom, that means my address has changed. So why am I still over there in the kingdom of darkness? Why am I still over there? The only reason why you should be over there in the kingdom of darkness is if you got a person that ain't saved that's in darkness that you need to bring to the light. But you don't associate with what the kingdom of darkness is doing. You're supposed to be separate. So the Lord began to break this down even the more. When I was looking at this and he said, I have rescued you from under Satan's authority. From up under his control. So why are you listening to someone that don't have control and dominion over you? Why are you succumbing to what he's saying if you have been translated? And we're going to go into that. See, when you know who you are in Christ, you don't put up with what the enemy is trying to do. When you know who you are in Christ, you don't put up with what the enemy is trying to do. Remember when I um, went last week on Revelation, mean, mean you have experienced, you have come to know, something has been revealed to you. Whatever has been revealed to you, that's how you're going to live. Because there's going to be transformation. There's going to be change to what has been revealed. And this is why you have to listen to what the word is saying to you. You got to be still and know that he's God. So God took me to Hosea and God was telling the people, Hosea, to tell the people, he said, you are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. What was God saying to those people? He said, you are cut off from me because of a lack of knowledge. These were God's covenant people, y'all. They were in covenant with God, but he said, you're yet cut off from me. That's what destroyed me. You are cut off from me because of a lack of knowledge that means ignorance when you don't know you're ignorant you you, god he'll wink at ignorance but once you come to know you're not ignorant no more so don't be trying to play ignorant because once you know what the word is saying you are not ignorant no more you're going to be accountable for what you're doing when the word once you get translated to the kingdom of god you don't do no more what the kingdom of darkness is doing No, you don't. That ain't even a part of your vocabulary. That ain't even a part of your way of living because you have to get to know the kingdom that you have become a part of. So he said, my people are cut off because of a lack of knowledge. Now, we as saved individuals, do y'all know that we're cut off from God because of a lack of knowledge? Do you know how we get cut off? Because whatever God has given us, when we don't have knowledge in that area, we're cut off from it and we don't receive it. Because we don't have no knowledge in that area. God has given his people everything that they needed. But because they will not obey and hearken unto him, they were cut off from God. So that's what the enemy want to do. He want to cut you off 
from what you have in God. How does he do this? By blinding your minds. The enemy want to blind your mind. He want to keep you in darkness. How do I know this? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with this, y'all. I'm going somewhere because we're talking about the kingdom. See, this is the problem. The kingdom is not being preached. The kingdom of God is not being preached. The enemy know as long as you preach the door, you still ain't benefiting from the kingdom. You got to know about the kingdom before you can go through the door to get to the kingdom. I'll give you an example. If I'm in the kingdom of darkness, people are going to know what that kingdom represents through me. Because I'm going to talk about that kingdom. I'm going to tell them, oh, you can get a car, you can get a house. This is all you need to do. You sell this many drugs. A girl, you stand on the corner and you get these many men. Girl, you can be living high. I'm telling you now, I done been there, I done experienced it. I done done that. You get a good man, girl, you got to look at what to drive to. You got to look at, you know, what they have. And this is what you do. So what they do, they tell you what the kingdom of darkness is doing. Or better yet, girl, find you a married man. Find you a man that's already established. A man who loves his family. A man that you can, you know, get into that bedroom. Come on, find you that kind of man. That's what the kingdom of darkness teach. And they say that's right. Because, see, the enemy, he's going to twist what the word of God says. So you got to beef up the kingdom of darkness. Oh, this is what you do. This is what you wear. This is what it is. Now, y'all know men, your pants got to hang for you to be part. You got to show your underwear for you to be. All right, dog. Come on, brother Willie. You got to wear therapeutic socks to be a part. You got to keep up with what they're doing. Hey, this is in now. Hey, y'all, this is in now. This is how it's supposed to go, Toy. You know, th- this is what you're supposed to be wearing. This is what's in now. You don't wear them, them, them long dresses. You, you put it up here a little bit. You want to show a little bit of thigh. Come on, this is how you dress now. This is how you wear your hair. This is how you do your nails. This is how you pierce your nose and your belly button. This is what you do. You put some tattoos on this arm and you beef yourself up. So when you do this, they can see what it represents. Come on, somebody. So we're telling them what the world does. And we're beefing up the kingdom of darkness. This is what you have to do to make it in society today. If you don't get an education, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't nothing. My Bible tell me that Peter and John were unlearned men. But when they come in with the kingdom of light, they say they must have been with Jesus. And everybody wanted what Peter and John had. But these days and time, if you ain't got this or you ain't got that, you're not doing what society is doing. You are not part of the world no more. Yes, God wants us to have things, but he don't want things to have us. So we beef up the kingdom of darkness, y'all. We try to keep up with what the world is doing, how they dress, how they talk. Come on, we're not even from New York. Soon as a friend come down from New York, you done change your way of talking, your way of thinking. Now you see yourself as being in New York and ain't never been there a day in your life. Whomever you associate with, that's whom you become. Light and darkness cannot mix. 
people going after darkness instead of going after light. Why? Because the kingdom is not being proclaimed. Do you know what the first thing we ask people, don't get me wrong, you say, from what? That's a no-no, I'm going into the word. This is why the kingdom ain't being preached like it's supposed to be. Because when we look at Jesus, y'all, now I want y'all to understand this. Light exposes darkness. This is why when Peter come into a room, when his shadow was following him, this is the shadow of Peter. They saw the shadow and they was bringing people to the shadow and people was here. Why? Because that was light. There was no darkness. That was the glory of the Lord. And people was going to the glory where the glory was. So God began to show me this. Understand this. The enemy is a deceiver. The only thing that the enemy can do to you is twist the word and deceive you. He has no power. He has no right. He has no more authority because he's been stripped of all of that. That's why the Bible said you are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus, meaning that you are victorious. The victory has already been won. Quit trying to fight Satan when you don't have to. You fight the good fight of faith. You spending too much time fighting with somebody you don't have to fight with. Ignorance. Lack of knowledge. You spend too much time saying, devil, leave me alone, leave me alone. Leave me alone. The blood of Jesus against you. Don't even know about no blood. Blood of Jesus can get my all, man. Get my all. Get my all. Not everyone in here. Because you're going on formulas. You're going on what somebody told you. They believe that work. <laughs> but then he began to show me something. The enemy loved darkness. Darkness represents sin. It represents death. So the enemy wants you to have a carnal mind. A carnally minded person is what? Death. But a spiritually minded person is life and it's peace. The enemy don't want you to have life and peace. So he know that even though you were translated into the kingdom of God, he still got something on you. Why? Because you was raised up under him. You was raised the way he would have you to be raised. And I'm going to say this. Prayerfully, I give God glory. I was raised in a godly house. I was raised up under a godly man, my grandfather and my grandmother. My daddy had godly parents. Thank God that that's how I was raised. So I got taught the things of God, whether or not I want to accept them or not. But I was in a good place, y'all, for such a time as this. Thank you, God, for such a time as this. But you got children that were never raised in a godly house. Only thing they saw was uh, uh, heard, was cursing, let's party. They saw drinking. They saw drugs. They saw prostitution. They saw incest, cousins sleeping with cousins, brothers and sisters sleeping together, children having children. That's all they ever saw. So that was their way of living. That's what they call life, y'all. So when you hook up with someone that that's all they saw and your lifestyle was different, you're going to have a hot mess. Because you got one mindset here, you got one mindset there. Somebody got to be willing to change. And the only way change is going to come is when you get rescued from the power of darkness and get translated into the kingdom 
Oh, it say his dear son. Don't that sound good? His dear son. But see, people are not getting translated. I'm going to tell you why. Because the kingdom is not being preached. Because the ones that are not saved are looking at the ones that are saved and say, if I can still live like you live, I don't need to be saved. If I can still do what you're doing, I don't need to be saved. Do you know what some people tell people? Pray. Right in that mess, they're saying, pray. God will hear you. God hears the sinner's prayer. When your heart is turned towards him, I'm not going to tell my son to pray. When I know he's just praying to try to get something from God and still stay in his mess. Huh? That's why it says that. The, uh, what, what is the scripture that say God have not seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging bread see the thing is if you in my house even though that you're not saved I got a promise from God that he said he'll save my whole house so because you're joined to my house the favor of the Lord that's on me it's going to end up flowing to you to let you know it didn't come from you it come through me and as long as you connect it to whom I'm connected come on somebody that's where your favor come from but when you decide to disconnect yourself we got too many people telling them pray that prayer is hitting the ground we got too many people blinded why by Christians that's blind if it was that simple my God I wouldn't be saved I can still party, I can still curse, I can go to church and still live like I want to live and say I'm going to heaven. In that case, Jesus didn't need to die. Quit making it seem like they're okay. Quit making it seem like they can live any kind of way and still make it in. Because God made hell for the angels and Satan. He didn't make it for us. This is why he come out of heaven. Because he couldn't find nobody here on earth to die on our behalf. So he began to show me this. He said the enemy is a deceiver. Y'all know that's the only ammunition he got on you. It's deception. Why did he deceive us so much? Because we don't know what the word's saying. You can speak the word 24-7. But until that word is made known to you, you're going to still try to do it yourself. But when the word is made known to you, you can go your way. Because you believe what the word is saying. Because transformation have come. Demonstration means that I can go my way. Because I know what I already have. See, some of us are trying to work the word. (laughs) Only thing you got to do is believe what the word says. So this is what the enemy does. He want to keep you blinded because he know when light come in the midst of darkness, change come. That mean revelation come. That mean you get ready to experience something. So this is why when the Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Why do you say the word is a lamp? Because when that lamp shows forth light there's no more darkness you can see where you're going there's direction in your life so you can have a bible but if you don't open it up and read it and meditate on it it's just like not having the word of god 
See, some people say, oh, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm missing hell. It's more than just missing hell. It's bringing the kingdom of heaven down here to earth to let people know how, what kingdom you've been translated into. There's supposed to be a difference. And this is why the word says the entrance, the entrance, the opening of his word brings light. It brings understanding even unto the simple. So when that word is opened up, when that word is revealed, that's when you begin to know. That's when you began to perceive. So this is what Jesus done. This is where we're going. Go with me to um, Matthew, the fourth chapter. And God showed me this thing. Oh, it's so awesome, y'all. The word is so good. Listen at the fourth chapter, what it's saying here in verse 14. But before you do that, the fourth chapter, verse 14, ask your neighbor, who you with? Say, who you with? Say, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? Say, are you sure of that? So let's see. Now look at verse 14. It said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Elias, the prophet saying, that's Isaiah, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Listen at this. The people which sat in darkness saw great light and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. What happened? Light came in the midst of darkness. Who was that light? Jesus Christ. It was the word. The word is the light, y'all. If you don't get into the word, you're going to be in a dark situation in your life and light ain't going to come. The word is what brings light to your dark situation. Not your whining, not your complaining, not you calling in and everybody because somebody can give you a word. But until you get the word... For yourself, it's still a word, even though it come out of the Bible. But this is, this is what I want you to catch. This is what Jesus did. Remember it said that light came and it sprung up. What? It sprung what? Up in the midst of what? Darkness. Light supposed to overshadow the darkness, right? But listen, this is, this is where we mess up at. After the word of God said that, listen what Jesus did. From that time. Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm going somewhere. The kingdom's supposed to be preached before you even get to Jesus. I'm going to prove it. Jesus said, repent. What do repent mean? Jesus said, you got to have a change of mind. Your thinking has to change. That means you got to turn from one place unto another place. That means I'm bringing you the kingdom of heaven here to earth. So you got to turn from the kingdom of darkness through the way you think. I'm bringing change. I'm bringing transformation concerning the kingdom. And this is what we got to understand, y'all. That's what the Bible says. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. The enemy wants you to think that you're this when you're not. Because that's what you become when your thinking don't change. If the enemy say you stupid and you continue to let him tell you you stupid, that's what you're going to become, stupid. Even though you're not stupid. If the enemy keeps telling you you ain't going to make it and you continue.
continually hear that thought and you don't do nothing with that thought, that's what's going to happen in your life. That's what you become. See, the enemy know what the word says. So he said, the only thing I'm going to do is twist the word to get what I want. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus knew what they needed. Jesus said, these people are in darkness. Jesus said, I have to bring light. And I'm going to give you something else. The Bible says in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. That means that we beheld his glory. Now, you got to understand that when the word became flesh, Jesus was the word. Jesus became flesh, but Jesus was a light in the midst of darkness. Jesus knew that he was going in the midst of darkness, but he knew that light was going to expel that darkness because he was bringing the word of God because he was the word. So I don't care what kind of place you go into. You should possess that land because you're bringing in light. You expelling darkness. Now, what do we do? We try to fight against darkness. He don't have to do that. Because the battle has already been won. Only thing you have to do is take the word in and be fully armored with who you are, who you belong to. Come on, this is why he said put on the helmet of salvation. But the first thing we put on is the belt of truth. Why? Because this belt hold up everything else. If you ain't got truth, this is why Jesus says that you got to continue in truth to be my disciple. You got to continue in truth to be my follower. That don't mean that you hit and miss truth. You have to stay in truth, know the truth, and that's when you become free. Some of us right now that have accepted Jesus, we ain't freeing him. Why? Because we yet don't know the truth. Why? Because truth ain't been revealed to us. We're going on what somebody else said. Well, if pastor said it, I believe it. Thank you for that. But don't you know, sometimes man can cross you up. That ain't my intention. I wouldn't cross you up now. Lord knows I wouldn't. But when you get it for yourself, and when man is speaking to you, 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 the Holy Spirit be checking that and say, "Uh uh-uh, don't you eat that. Don't you receive that? That ain't my word. See, this is why some of us are still in situations we are. Because we wait on man to fix it. This is what man's supposed to be doing. Man's supposed to teach you what the word of God has already spoken. What the word of God has already said. There is no new doctrine. The traditions of men... Make the word of God of none effect. So when you up under traditions of men, you ain't getting what the word has already provided because it's their way of you getting it, not God's way. We follow God's pattern, not man's pattern. But when you know the way that God has ordered things in the church, that's the pattern you follow. And that's when you will see light come in the midst of darkness. So you got to know the word for yourself you have to know what God is saying to you we spoke on last week that Moses knew God's ways the people knew God's acts that means Moses knew about God's goodness he knew about God's mercy he knew about God's character he knew God's way of doing things but the people only saw the performance of God they only saw the acts of God so as long as they seen God with the signs and wonders oh we can follow you 
But when they got in trouble and didn't have no water, then this is who they really were. See, this is what we do. We can see somebody get healed. Oh, church was good, y'all. Somebody got healed in church today. Ooh, didn't God move? You need to come see. You need to come see. And then when they come, they're getting taught. And then you'll be like, well, it wasn't like this last Sunday. I'm telling you, that person got healed. See, you saw the acts of God. But see, when I know the character of God, when I have gotten to know God, when I have experienced God, I don't have to wait on no performance to know it's already done. See, some of y'all wait on an act to say that God has done it. Some of you are in a situation right now, you waiting on God to move, and God said, why are you waiting on me to move? Already done moved, even in your situation. You don't go on your feeling and how you feel. You go on what my word says. When you know me, you don't have to get a feeling to know it's done. I use me. One day, I was talking to God. Matter of fact, talk to God all the time. I guess he said, that's the talkingest girl I ever seen. I can be standing at the door. Me and God be having conversation, just looking out the door. Then one day, I was asking God something. And I heard the Spirit say, quit fighting against me. I'm like, huh? He said, quit contending with me. And I'm like, God, how am I contending with you? Because when I went, I said, wait a minute. Let me look that up. Contending means to fight against. So I say, "Uh uh-huh. Let me open the word. God gave me two witnesses in the word. He gave me Job. When Job was contending against God, what Job was doing, he was asking God questions. And God came back to Job and said, Job, why are you contending with me? And he began to tell Job everything that he made. He said, just like a potter when he made the clay, is the clay telling the potter how to make it? So God said, you contending with me because when God was telling me something, I was saying, wait a minute, God, but God. He said, if I said it, that's what I meant. Don't you fight against me when you know what I said. He said, we got some contenders in the body of Christ. You say you believe God, but then you go and ask God, but God, why is this right here? So God said, you contending with me. He said, when you get translated to my kingdom, you're supposed to get to know me that when I speak, it is final. My word is final authority. Who are you to tell me what I need to do? Then he began to show me. He said, you remember? Abraham and old Lot. He said, I told Abraham. Now, this is, this is how we're supposed to be with God. Abraham was found righteous because he believed God. Y'all, let me tell you something. Abraham knew them gods he served or he used to serve. But when God called him to himself, he left that alone. Did he not? So God was testing Abraham to see where Abraham was. And God said, Abraham, I want you to leave this place. Y'all get it? I want you to leave this place and I'm going to show you a land. That I want to put you in. Where I want you to be. Wasn't there a change of location? Y'all come on now. His address changed. The funny part was. Abraham believed God without even seeing it. 
The Bible says that Abraham went, but God gave Abraham some promises. Y'all got to understand how God is. God ain't going to put you in a place. This is what God told me. He said, if I put you in a place, he said, I have already provided for the place I put you in. He said, I have provided spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. He said, everything has already been taken care of. He says, things going to try to come up against you in that place. Yes, it is. He said, but when you know I put you in that place, he said, you're going to be taken care of even in spite of the opposition. Because I'm not going to put you nowhere. I'm not going to take care of you. God said, I'm going to show you, Abraham, the land. I'm going to show you, Abraham, the land that I'm going to put you in. He said, I'm going to bless you there. He said, Abraham, guess what? He said, those that bless you, they're going to be blessed. Those that curse you, they're going to be cursed. Why? He said, because I put you there. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. So God put him there, but God did not tell Abraham to take Lot. But he took Lot. And when he took Lot with him, both of them had much substance. And when they got on the land, the land could not contain both of them. So the herdsmen of Lot began to fight against the herdsmen of Abraham. But I love how Abraham handled this. Abraham handled this the right way because he knew God. The Bible said there was strife between those two herdsmen. But Abraham said, wait a minute, Lot. I like this. He said, we're brethren. Let's stop right there. In the body of Christ, the body of Christ, we're all one in Christ. Amen? Every joint supply. Manny is my brethren. Julia is my sister. In the body of Christ, we're family. What I have, they have. What they have, I have. Because we're family in the body of Christ. Because we're part of his body. We're here to help one another. There's a problem in the body of Christ. We think what we have belongs to us. It don't belong to you. It belongs to God. So Abraham said, Lot... If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Look, Lot, and see where you want to go. Oh, Lot looked up and saw all the green grass and said, I'll go over here. Abraham said, okay. You know why Abraham was like that? Because he knew God. Amen. He knew God's ways. He knew God. He, he knew no matter where I go, I'm going to be blessed. Because guess what? He, he gave me a promise, apostle. He said, Abraham, wherever you go, I'm going to bless it. So Abraham said, it don't matter if I don't have nothing but dirt sitting here. It's blessed dirt. And I'm going to prosper even in that because God sent me here. And if God sent me here, he's here. And he got to stand on his promise. He got to stand on his word. So guess what? When Abraham loose lot, y'all got some lots in your life. You got to loose these lots so you'll be able to see what God want to show you. You got to loose the ones that you're holding on to in your family. So God can show you so he can reveal unto you. So transformation and demonstration will come. So when he loose lot, let's see what the words say. You know, some people hate that you go in your Bible and you turn there because they want to get out of the house of God. But I'm going to take my time. I'm going to deliver somebody through taking my time, turning these pages. 
I'm finna deliver you right now. Because you're right anxious right now. You done looked at the clock. Let me see where that is. Let me just see where that is. Yeah, people don't like turning. I love turning them pages and going where God tell us to go. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank God that I know where it is in Genesis or you'll be here for a while. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So then, listen at this. And it says in 13, y'all ain't there yet? Genesis 13. Y'all supposed to know this. It shouldn't take you long to find out where I am. Where you been? Have you been in the beginning? Genesis is the beginning. Okay. Genesis 13. Now, now look at this. Let's start at 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Let me stop right there. Y'all know what we do. We get a quick fix. If something look good, man, that's where I'm going. That's right. I'm going to get me a quick fix. If it look good, it's well watered. I'm going right there. I'm going to leave y'all right here. But this is what he did. So he looked at the stuff that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, if thou comest unto Zor. Now listen at this. Abraham, I'm a, they separated themselves in 12. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked <laughs> and sinners, before the Lord exceedingly. Everything that looked good ain't good. I want y'all to hear me. Everything that looked good, men with a big booty, ain't good. That looked like a Coke bottle, ain't good. I got to break it down for you. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, ain't good. And women, everything that looked like a six-pack, Ain't good. You better try one with a gut. Had to break it down. Y'all understand them words. And broke it down. I didn't curse either. Then it said, now listen at this. 14. Now listen at what the Lord said. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated for him. When did the Lord say unto Abram? When did the Lord say unto Abram? When did the Lord say unto Abram? I got something for you. Maybe God will speak when you lose lot. Some of you say you can't hear God. You got to lose what you're holding on to so you can say, I can hear clearly now. Who can lot be? Lot can be sickness. Lot can be gossip. Lot can be oppression. And depression. Oh, I'll give you an example. Me. I love using me. I ain't ashamed to use me because I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of, y'all. I learned whatever's hidden going to be revealed. (laughs) Y'all remember my sermon say, when you let go of it, it'll let go of you. Let me tell you how I got that sermon. I would go in my little prayer room before God and sit there and talk to God and had a situation going on in my life and So I woke up one morning going into my little prayer chamber before God, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and I'm whining, talking to God, whining, complaining. And I'm like, when, God? God, I'm speaking your word, God. God, why is this still here, God? I just don't understand, God. Next thing I know, I heard God say, you let go of it? It'll let go of you. I say, "Uh uh-uh, 
I done let go of it. If I had let go of it, I wouldn't be in here with you. He said, no, you babysitting it. I said, what you mean babysitting it? Because every time you come in here and you asking me about it instead of focusing on my word, if you had let go of it, it wouldn't be in the conversation. So I want to ask you, who is your lot? Who is your lot? Who is your lot, Toya? What have you been asking God? When am I getting more money? When am I get another raise? When am I going to get a good man and a good woman? When you let go it. So what did Abraham do? The Bible said God spoke to Abraham when he was separated from who? From Lot. Now guess what he said? I love this. He said, lift up now thine eyes. I can see clearly now. You can get revelation now. You can hear God better now because you let go of life. Then he said, and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou see to thee will I give it into thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Now listen what he said. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Now y'all look at this. Then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Marah, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Look at what Abraham did, but look what he had to do before he did it. We ain't let go of some lots. Christian folk. We feel like this is who we are. Let me tell you this. The devil wants you to act like Gideon. When God called Gideon, Gideon said, I'm the least in my family. But God said, no, you're a mighty man of valor. God had to tell him, this is who you are. That's who the enemy wants you to be. You got to understand the enemy is saying things that he wants you to be. But when you know who you are in Christ, you say, that's not me. That's not who I am. So you got to know who you are in Christ. Guess what? Moses was a murderer. (laughs) But God said, I called you to be a deliverer. So you don't go say you a murderer. You are a deliverer. That's who I called you to be. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. You become what you think, and the enemy know that. So this is what I'm telling you today. Your address have changed. You've been translated into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. Your address is no more in the kingdom of darkness. So remember, we go back to Matthew, the fourth chapter, right? I'm going to have to do this again. I'm going to turn this Bible. I'm going to take my time. Somebody's getting delivered because you're in a rush right now. But you're going to sit right there. Right there. I'm going to help you out a little bit. Okay. I'm getting there. Oh, I'm there. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Listen to what Jesus did. What did Jesus do, y'all? He said, repent, have a change of mind. Change your way of thinking. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning that Jesus was bringing the kingdom. This is the catch. Jesus told them what the kingdom had, y'all. In the kingdom that I'm bringing unto you, there is healing. 
For by, well, y'all know he ain't left yet, but by his stripes, we were already healed. There's not only healing, there's prosperity. You have everything that you need in this kingdom, and you don't even have to work for it. You have love, you have joy, you have peace, you have the fruit of the spirit. Every time you get emotionalized, you have some fruit on the inside of you that will overpower your emotions. When you got sadness, he said, I give you joy. He said, not only joy, but I give you peace. And I remind you of the love of God. He said, in this kingdom, you have prosperity. Every need is met. Everything is met. He said, because I have supplied all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Everything you need is in this kingdom. You don't have to work for it. And, and guess what? The next thing after Jesus talked about the kingdom, guess what he did? I want y'all to catch it. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, Andrew, his brother casting a net. And guess what he said? Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. That's when they accepted Jesus. That's when they gave up of themselves. What am I saying? Kingdom got to be preached first. You got to tell them where you're from. Have you ever sat down with a person and that person talked about, let's say they talked about Florida. You never been to Florida before, but they begin to tell you everything that Florida had and you know, the places that you can go, the, 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 the malls, the food that they eat, you know, the neighborhoods. They begin to tell you everything about Florida. And all of a sudden, you couldn't get Florida off your mind. And then you say, I believe I want to move to Florida. Because they talked about where they were from, and they made it sound so good because it becomes so much a part of them that it was just natural, right? So that made you want to go to Florida. If not only for vacation, you want to go to Florida because of everything that they had, right? So that's what Jesus did. And by Jesus doing that, it wasn't hard for them to leave family because they found another place that was better than the place that they were in. They let go of everything because they heard about the kingdom of God. And they began to follow Jesus based on him preaching, proclaiming the kingdom. They had a change of mind. Their mindset began to change. So what we do, we walk up to a person and we tell them what Jesus done. That's all well and good. But if you don't tell them about the kingdom first and then they'll say, okay, how can I be a part of this kingdom? By accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because the only way you can get into the kingdom is through him. That's the only way that you can enter the door of the kingdom is through him. And once you enter that door, you have access to everything that I told you. Y'all don't get it? But what's the first thing we tell them? You don't want to go to hell, do you, apostle? Well, if you don't want to go to hell, you need to accept Jesus. Confess Romans 10, 9. How long the Romans 10, 9 left? From the time they left the altar to the time they got to their car, they forgot about Romans 10, 9. You got to tell them about kingdom. You got to tell them what the kingdom is doing. And how do they know the kingdom? Through you. Through the life that you're living. The kingdom has become so much a part of you that you're doing things God's way and not your way. So once they accept Jesus coming through the door, now it's time for training. It's time for them to be trained. That's why you have the fivefold people. Because you're going into training. You're learning. I'll give you an example. Have anybody ever walked on a job and just went to work on that job? Anybody? The only job you walked into and went to work in is the blueberry field. And the tobacco. You got you a bush. Everybody knew how to pick blueberries and put them in the bucket. Ain't that true? Blueberry field. 
a bean field, but somebody still had to show you how they wanted it done, didn't they? But some people were so smart, anybody knew how to pick berries off a bush. Had a cousin that went in the blueberry field. We were looking for her. She was under the bush cooling off. She had fainted. She said, I can't work in the blueberry field. It's just too hot for me. I can't stand the heat. I ain't see heat. I seen money. Because I knew I had to get my school clothes. And you didn't come back home not unless you picked a good 22 trays. You better not come back in that house and didn't have your trays picked. How many you picked today? Now, I'm going to give y'all an example of the blueberry field. And I'm going to back it up. And I'm going to use my husband for example. That man right there, him and my brother, we went to the blueberry field. I guess he wanted to show me his skill, right? <laughs> so me and my sister by lunch had already picked 12. We go over there where they were, I ain't even see one. <laughs> Check this. Went over there where they were to pick the blueberries. I helped this man pick three. And he said, well, it's time to eat. I said, this is my ticket. I say, I may buy you a sandwich, but the rest of these tickets, they go to me because you've done nothing. I'm training him. Don't come back in this field if you ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> what am I saying to church folks? Why are you up in here? Because if you get, if you get training up in here to know about the kingdom, to know how to make disciples, why are you coming back up in here and is not doing what you're supposed to do out there and people are dying? When somebody teach you a trade, you're going to know that trade. You know what get me so much? We work for man and we want to shine. But the Bible tells me I'm not on my job to please man. I'm on my job to bring glory to God, not to please man. Everything that my hands find to do, I do it unto the Lord, not unto man. But I'm here because he put me here. And because I'm here, you're going to flourish. That, we got kingdom attitude. We go in a restaurant and say, where are you people? Well, I ain't had uh, people to come in here in a while. I said, they're coming now. They're coming in here now because light is coming in the midst of darkness. Because everything God do, he do it well. And all of a sudden, they get a packed house and they say, what must I do? That's what we're supposed to do. They're supposed to be changed when we enter a place. Now you're going to have some business. Because I'm in here. So what am I telling you is, those disciples had to be trained. So that's why we have the fivefold. The fivefold is the ones that equip you for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. See, we're forgetting what the patterns of God is. You know what the fivefold do? The fivefold go out and try to build their, their um, kingdom. Instead of doing what God tells them to do. They're going out to try to make it happen for them. Why? Because they ain't died yet. So you got to understand that when Jesus chose these men to follow him, they left their home. They left their occupation. That means that, uh uh-uh, I'm all about the kingdom now. Ain't about me no more. Because once you accept him, you died. You have a new Lord. You have a new master. You have a new owner. Ain't about what you want to do or where you want to go. It's about the kingdom. So they got trained. Y'all know they got trained. Jesus released that power unto them. And guess what Jesus told them? To go out and preach the kingdom. He told them to do the same thing he done. Now, y'all, I'm going back somewhere. Turn with me. Matthew 28. Isn't it good to be taught? 
Isn't it good to break in your Bible? Y'all breaking in your Bible today. Is that Bible bending all over the place? Can you, can you fold it back and, and hold it and flip them pages without putting spit on them? Can you do that? That tells you what it, I know Evangelist Newton can. That Bible probably just fly right on open for her. <laughs> but we see in Matthew 28, listen at this. Now, remember Jesus trained these disciples, right? Now apostles. First, they were disciples, right? They were followers of Jesus Christ. They were learners. So what was Jesus doing? He was teaching them everything the Father taught him. Ain't that awesome? So he taught them what he learned from the Father. And it was passed down to them. But Jesus began to say, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus said, I have power in heaven. I have power on earth. Now I'm getting ready to give it to you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means disciple all nations. This is what we supposed to be doing, discipling, not making converts. That means we go out there and we teach them what we were taught, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We can only teach them what we learned from him. How do I learn it? Through the word. You have to be taught by the word of God. Do you know why we have so many denominations? It don't even supposed to be denominations. We kingdom. This denomination here, that denomination there. Everybody got a denomination. It ain't about denomination. It's about kingdom. Where do denominations come from, man? Traditions of men. Everybody's part of this denomination. We're going to go on up here and we're going to get together and this is the bylaws. This is everything that we do. This is how we act. We holy than thou. Put your cloth on your head before you go out. Wear your long skirt before you go out. That's all well and good. I'm not going to condemn you for your cloth on your head and your long skirt as long as you preach the kingdom. If that's the way you want to dress when you go out, that's the way you dress. But don't tell nobody to live holy. You got to dress like that because God ain't coming back for your white cloth nor your long dress. He's coming back for those that are what pure in heart he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle you cannot be like that except going through jesus christ so your clothes is not going to make you a bit more holy your holiness you're holy because of jesus but you live a holy life because you know who you are now that you're in christ that's your way of living that's why you need to know him so i'm going somewhere y'all y'all i can sit here and be like paul and and some of you fall out and I'll bring you back to life and go at it again. Because I, I want you to get it, y'all. You know why I want you to get it? Because we need to bring people out of darkness. Not the way you think they need to be brought out, but the way the word of God say they need to be brought out. And that comes to preaching the kingdom. The kingdom. So we see here that they were taught the word of God. As they were taught the word of God, he sent them out to do exactly what he done. Now he gave them the great commission. The great commission is not only for them, it's for us as well. I cannot send Julia out and tell her to go ye therefore if I haven't taught Julia. Why are people making people part of the fivefold and they unlearned? Why do people give people a license and send them out to be ignorant. Because they want to keep people in the house. They want people because they know how important it is for somebody to have a title. It's important for people to have a name in front of your name. Call me doctor. 
well, what did you, uh, what field of study did you go in? I'm doctor. I have this and I have that. And God said, uh, and you know, this is what he's saying today, Brother Manny. He's saying he had a lamb. Uh -huh. Yes, he did. Uh -huh. And that lamb, uh -huh, he was white as snow. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. If it wasn't for that lamb, did you hear me, Manny? Uh -huh. I mean, oh, help me now. Uh -huh. Can I get an amen? Uh -huh. Can I get a witness? Uh, don't you hear me now? Uh -huh. Won't you say amen, brother? Uh -huh. I know you got an amen. And you just say hallelujah just one time for me. Uh -huh. Ooh, I feel my help, brother Manny. Oh, give me a high five. Uh -huh. Ain't God good up in here? Let me go back to the lamb. Now, let me go back to the lamb. I said it had a lamb. Huh? That lamb, huh? he was white as snow. Huh? And everywhere that Mary went, oh, I meant Jesus went. Huh? That lamb was huh, huh, sure to go. Huh, huh. Do you hear me now, brother? Huh? Oh, you that lamb. Huh? I know you hear me. Huh? You that lamb. Huh? I mean, huh? wait, wait a minute now. Can I get a high? Hold on a minute now. Huh? Uh, can I get a high? Hallelujah, Sister Loretta. I know you got a hallelujah. Can I get a well, Toya? Well, oh, yes. See, I'm delaying you trying to find my place. This is what tradition does. And this is what we're accustomed to. And this is how we say we had a good service today because Mary had a lamb. Well, somebody help me now. Oh, yes, it is, sister. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's okay in its rightful place. I don't care if you huff and puff until you get the roof to come down. long as you're talking about the kingdom. long as the kingdom is being preached, I don't care how you preach it. long as it's being preached according to the word of God. So once you're taught, y'all, I'm going somewhere. Once you are taught, you are trained by the ones that God put in place to train you to go ye therefore. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. You're supposed to be preaching what you've been taught. What's wrong with the church today? We're the church. The church want to stay in the house. And they want to be a part of something to say I'm doing something. But you're not doing what God has called you to do. God has called you to go out so you can bring in. Guess what this is, y'all? It's a training center. See, you go out and you bring in the ones that you have discipled so they can get trained. Why do you think they had 3,000 and 5,000? Because the ones that got trained went out and brought some in. Why do you think they had to build bigger places? You know why they were separated, Corinth, Ephesians, and all of them? Because they had to have different locations. It was too big. They had too many that was disciples that was learned. So they had to have different places, but they were teaching the same thing. And Paul, as the apostle, he had to check on the ones that were discipled to make sure that they were governed the right way. That's what an apostle do. They go in to make sure everything is the way God intended for it to be. And then the prophet come in and give the direction. Give the guidance. The, the evangelist is supposed to go out and gather. Uh -huh. The pastor is supposed to be the one that's the what? Shepherd, the covering, and the teacher is doing what? That little finger digs in the ear. Don't it? That's what that little uh, teacher does. He dissects the word. So what am I saying? 
The church is out of order. We're trying to create our own church. We're trying to do things man's way instead of doing it God's way. When you preach the kingdom, I'm going back to Paul and I'm going to close as the Holy Ghost permits. In the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, y'all know Saul was the one that persecuted the church. He was the one that drugged the men and women to prison to bound them up, to lock them up because of the kingdom that they were preaching. So one day he had a Damascus experience. He got to know Jesus from his, for himself. And then he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, mean you're my owner now. You're my master. Remember, this was Saul that didn't want to hear nothing about Jesus Christ. He wanted to crucify the ones that talked about Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. He, he didn't want to talk about him because he was the one that was going to bring the kingdom. But guess what? He humbled himself. And this is what I want you to catch. Ananias, when God told him, Jesus told him, there's one Saul, told him where he was, I want you to go to him. Ananias had the audacity to say, is this the one? Is he contending with God? Not really. Guess what? He's asking a question first. It's like God didn't know, Apostle. He thought God didn't know. That was, is that what we do, man? Ain't that the one that been prostituting all their life, God? And you going to tell me to call them up here? They got a word? You sure, God? Anyway, God told him, okay, I'm turning again. I'm going to the book of Acts now, the ninth chapter. Can we all follow in our Bible if you have one? Oh, we got to do this every time. That way we'll break it in and you'll love it just the more. Acts the ninth chapter. Oh, I love how them pages turn. They turn good, don't they, Apostle? Now, now, now listen at this part right here, y'all. After Ananias said what he said in Acts 9, 15, listen what the Lord said. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel. He's the one that God appointed unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now look what God told Ananias. Paul was going to go through some stuff because he was proclaiming Jesus, because he was proclaiming the kingdom. So he let Ananias know, but guess what had to happen to, to Saul? No, now it's Paul. He had to be prepared for that kingdom. Okay, first of all, he accepted Jesus. Jesus was made known unto him. He got revelation concerning that. Now here come change, right? Transformation. But in the midst of all of that, he had to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? With the evidence of speaking in tongues. He had to be an effectual witness for him. He couldn't be sent out any kind of way. See, nowadays people say, you don't need that. You don't need the power from on high. Well, you don't need to be going nowhere then because you're going to be like those seven sons of Sceva. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? They got out of there naked and bruised and running. And some of us with the power on high still running. But say we have what we need. So he got baptized. He got healed. Guess what was taking place? Ananias was the disciple. What in kingdom taking place? Because there were healing. There was the baptism. 
and the signs was following what Ananias was doing. So Paul, he ended up getting what he needed, and then Paul began to preach Christ. They go to demonstration. They were shocked because they said, isn't this the man apostle that persecuted the Christians? They knew change have come. So demonstration was coming through Paul. Y'all, this ain't the end of it. God is saying today, first of all, let go of you. Didn't we talk about this last Sunday? God wants you to let go of you so he can move through you. You are getting in the way because you're trying to come up with formulas. You're looking at these different books. You're looking at different people telling you what to do and how to do it. Instead of going into the word of God, getting to know him for yourself. Jesus did not have no formula. He just told that spirit what to do and the spirit done it because he had a power over darkness. So then after this happened to Paul, I'm moving along. Now, Paul, when we get to turn with me again. I'm, I'm getting ready to close, as the Spirit say. Y'all better take this meat out with you. Now, I'm going to Acts 16 because I want to show you something again. We went over this last week. God want me to go back over it. Now, remember, this is the thing that the Lord want me to show you. And this is what's supposed to be happening in the kingdom. Verse 16. I want to make sure I got the right thing here because it was one word in here. Okay, verse 16, and it came to pass as we went to prayer. God is saying, prayer has ceased in the body of Christ. As they went to prayer. When you're a part of the kingdom, you have to stay connected to your commander. That's God. That means that you get commands for him and you carry them out here on earth. How do you do that? Through prayer, through communication. So they were going to prayer. Y'all know there was a woman with a spirit of divination. She bothered Paul for many of days. Paul got tired of that spirit. He said, you come out of her in Jesus' name. We know the spirit come out. What happened? Remember Jesus said that Paul was going to go through some things for his namesake. Is that not right? So Paul knew he was going to go through some persecution. He was going to go through some stuff. Paul and Silas got beat, y'all. But remember, they were going where? To prayer. They were going to prayer to stay in communication to the kingdom of heaven. You cannot do anything here on earth without communicating with God. Because God will let you know what he want done on the here and now. So you got to stay in communication with God. You cannot do it without prayer. Even when Jesus chose his apostles, he went into prayer. So anyway, after he had prayer, after they was going to prayer, they got beat. Y'all know because of what he done. But the Bible said, even in lockdown, God is saying this to you. Even in your situation, the kingdom do not supposed to be stopped when it comes to preaching the kingdom. Even when you're going through, you're supposed to still be preaching the kingdom. Paul got beat, him and Silas. But the Bible said, even with them being bound, they began to pray and sing praises unto God. They did not let their situation stop them from doing what God called them to do. So what am I saying? God told me this. He said, we got too many people allowing their situation to stop them from doing what I called them to do. That don't supposed to happen. He said, because if I have called you to a thing, he said, I'm going to equip you for that call. I'm going to give you everything you need to do what I called you to do. 
And if you're preaching the kingdom as a citizen in the kingdom, you're going to be taken care of. So you got to rise up. So they began to rise up. They began to pray and sing praises unto God. You know why some of us don't have a suddenly? Because we sitting there waddling. We sitting there complaining, going back to Egypt. They come out of Egypt. They cried unto God. They wanted to come out of a place. How many have cried unto God and wanted to come out of a place? And God brought you out of the place. But then after he brought you out, you're still crying. You're free, but you're still crying. This ain't working. I don't know why this is like it is. Come on. You're in the kingdom now, but you're still whining. They come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. Because their mindsets haven't changed. But Paul knew who he was. Silas knew who he was in God. He said, this is not going to stop me. Even if you got me in prison, it's not going to stop me from doing what God called me to do. So they began to give glory to God. And as they did, the Bible says, suddenly the prison doors begin to open. God is telling me, some of y'all are stuck in prison. But as you begin to pray and communicate with God and praise him and say, God, even though I may be feeling this way, I'm going to praise my way through it. Because this is not who you created me to be. God, I am a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. My bank account may look depleted, but your word says you are my shepherd and I shall not lack. Your word says you have made all grace abound towards me. That I always have all sufficiency in all things and that I may abound to every good work. So, Lord, I'm thanking you, God. I'm not denying that my bank account is empty because sure enough, it's empty. But I'm going to give you glory that it don't have to stay that way. So suddenly, money appears in my bank. Suddenly, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But suddenly, God delivered me out of them all. Suddenly, my body was going through pain. But suddenly, by Jesus Christ, Sister Loretta, I'm already the healed of the Lord. See, y'all got to get some suddenlies in your life. And the only way those suddenlies are going to come is when you get your mind off of you. And you begin to put it on heaven and say, God, this ain't happening in the kingdom. So you say, let your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. People ain't whining in the kingdom. The people in the kingdom is before God's throne. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy are you God almighty. Come on. They're they're talking about his goodness and his mercy. It endures forever. Come on. They're just giving him praise. They're just exalting him. And suddenly, this is how we're supposed to walk. This is how we're supposed to live. We don't deny what we're going through. Oh, yeah, God, this is what I'm going through, but I don't have to accept it. I don't have to succumb to how I feel today. What I'm succumbing to is what you said. God, this is what you said, and this is what I'm going to do. God, I don't have to be unemployed. God, I am employed. So I'm getting up every day just like I got a job because faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God and I walk by faith and not by sight 
I'm going on what the kingdom is doing right now. The kingdom ain't laying and watering in a pig pen. You know how I know? Because there was a prodigal son apostle. He asked his daddy for all that belonged to him. The Bible said, check this, y'all. The daddy didn't only give it to the son that wanted it. He gave it to the other son, too. He left home, spent all his stuff on, you know, wrong stuff. Ain't that what we do? We accept Jesus, but we're still doing stuff we ain't got no business. So he could have even ate what the pigs ate, but they wouldn't offer it to him. So finally, when it comes to itself, why is it when we get real low? Now we're ready to say, Jesus, it's me, oh Lord. I'm in the need, duh. But when he come to himself, he realized, I can't do it. I need some help. He said, I'll just go back to my father's house and be like a servant. Mm. He was going to accept being a servant. I want y'all to understand a servant is in the house, but a servant ain't part of the house. He can be in the house, but you ain't a part of the house, so you don't get what the house have. But he was going to go back and just be in the house. So when he got to his father, y'all, and he was going to repent, you know, telling his father, I'm a sinner, I'll be a servant, da-da-da-da. His father said, bring the best robe. Put the ring on his finger. Put shoes on his feet. He said, the one that was lost, now he's found. So God was putting him right back in position. That's what's supposed to happen, y'all. Don't think that you're so worse off. See, the enemy wants you to feel like you ain't worth nothing. You're doing this and you're doing that. Guess what? In Christ, you're in Christ. It ain't about you no more. It's about being in him. So guess what? The other son said, you let that son come back up in here and I've been serving you, doing all your commands. He said, but son, everything I have, it's already yours. What am I saying? We in the body of Christ don't know what we got. We're still trying to work for it. We're still trying to do stuff. But God has already done it, y'all. He's already made a way through his son. So God is saying, if you know the way that has already been made through Jesus Christ, he said, why aren't you going ye therefore and helping someone else that's in darkness, that's under the power and the control of darkness, be translated into the kingdom? How they translated into the kingdom? By telling them about the kingdom that you're from and what the kingdom is doing and how they can get be a part of the kingdom, which is through Jesus Christ. Y'all, the church is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the reason why I know, because when you look in the book of Acts, the way the pattern that God has it, that's the pattern we follow. And if we're following that pattern, it should not be no seat in this house empty. Because there's too many people out there dying that need a place to come in and get trained to go out and make more disciples. People say, well, I can't make them. No, you don't make nobody. The only thing you do is preach the kingdom. You plant somebody water, God will give the increase. It ain't for you to try to make them do nothing. It's for you to do what the word of God tell you to do. But the reason why it is not done the way it's supposed to, because our lives don't reflect what we represent. A spirit knows a spirit. When you got offense in you, offense knows offense. That way you got to empty yourself out. So when you go out, you're ready to speak concerning the kingdom. 
and you ain't got no blockers in between you. You ain't got no unforgiveness in your heart and you're not going out to try to prove nothing to nobody. This is your lifestyle. The way you train is the way that you live and, and how you live is the way people are going to see how you live it and they're going to want a part of what you have. Come on, somebody. Catherine, can I hold your pocketbook? I know that. It's not that heavy. Child, your pocketbook ain't heavy. Just say, y'all like my pocketbook? Ain't that nice? You know, me and Michael, we've been having it going on for a long time. My husband don't, you know, interfere with me and Michael. Because every time I go in the mall and I see MK, I bring it on home with me. My husband don't have a problem. You know, me and Michael, we just in love. And I'm just carrying that pocketbook a certain way and going in the mall and just carrying my pocketbook and got that certain walk about me. And all of a sudden, somebody said, oh, I like that bag. Where did you find that bag? Oh, I just walked in Dillard's one day and it was sitting on the rack. And I say, oh, Michael, you coming home with me. And I've been carrying him for the longest, but I saw another one and it wasn't in Dillard's. It was online, girl. And I'm going to tell you all the compartments that it have in it. And it's so lightweight. And it will carry whatever you need for it to carry your makeup. And child, I tell you what, it got the look, girl. Next thing you know, they join with Michael. Because that's all you talked about was Michael. So they got the look you had. That's how the world works. That's not how the kingdom works. We're about our father's business. So we're going to talk about the kingdom more we talk about Michael. Even though you got Michael, Michael's not the center of my life. Jesus is. So whom you talk about the most is whom you've been with the most. So this is what I'm saying today. You have a new address. And that address is the kingdom of God. And that's what you're supposed to be representing. Every bit of mail at that old address that's coming there for you, you, don't, you ain't there no more. You have a new life now that you're in Christ, and that's what you're supposed to be reflecting here on earth. And if you're not reflecting that, you need to go into the word of God and be quickened, made alive through the word, so you will know who you are in Christ, and you will be reflecting the kingdom. And then people will want what you have because you're disconnecting yourself for things that are not representing the kingdom of God. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise.